0: every second After all we promised we be cordial Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is Kristen
1: Walker and I'm here with Joe Mitch. Joe, thanks for coming on the show.
2: Oh, Kristen, thank you. It is my pleasure.
1: So, how long ago did we meet and we met through Stephen Kavalkovich with Rescue the Rescuer, right?
2: Yes, yes, we did. Stephen is a very good friend of mine. Uh, we're from the same neighborhood. Um have a lot of the same story, actually. So uh, Stephen introduced us, he thought we'd, uh, we'd be a good fit. And, you know, we kind of took off from there.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. So you started your show all in recovery, which is on mental health news radio network, our network, with your friend, Mike Garcia, and you guys have been doing shows um, since like September of last year.
2: Yes, we've, um, we started in September. And then, uh, as you know, you know, life kind of hit both of us. And uh, Mike <laughs> ended up, maybe I had a lot of uh, financial and personal problems. And uh, lately, we've been pumping them out on a more regular basis. And we're very excited about it. It's kind of like a new start for us.
1: Good, good. Yeah, because you guys were having a rapid um, increase in listeners with every show. And then yes, life does get in the way. So um, you dipped out for a little bit, but you're back with full force and you have a mission behind um, what you want to talk about too. I know you guys talk, obviously, all in recovery is about recovery and, um, you know, all the pieces and the parts of that journey, but there's a new fervor towards some of the shows that you're doing um, and it's around sexual abuse.
2: Yes. Well, you know, we took the time off, and I work. I work as a, a counselor. I work as a group facilitator. Mike does the same, and Mike and I do speak all the time. And one of the topics that kept coming up, and it normally comes up behind closed doors, Kristen, is you know males will come in and they will talk about being sexually molested as a kid, and um, we decided to do a show based on that. And what was really the deciding factor in that was my own personal experience with that as a child, because I, I was molested as a child until I was 12 years old. And it took um, it took me three years of actually being clean from drugs and alcohol to be able to say that out loud. And that was a secret mm-hmm. that I carried for over 30 years. My mother died without ever knowing that secret. So um, I started to see the connection, as Mike did as well, between you know, the the male sexual trauma and the world of active addiction. And I just decided, you know what? If I'm gonna lecture about it, if I'm gonna talk about it, if I claim to be, you know, you know, a a raw and unfiltered, you know, podcast, then let's talk about it. And uh, the response has been really great so far.
1: Yeah, I I was really happy. I listened to it and you know (laughs) and listeners, you know too, how many shows we have on the network. Like there's no way humanly possible for me to listen to every single episode of every show. So it just isn't possible. So, and, and I'm not a, I don't control anybody's content. We have disclaimers everywhere that if you guys say something that or anybody says something that, uh, you know, that might tick people off that it's a reflection of your show and not the network, blah, 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 all that stuff that we have to do to, to be safe. And I didn't ever want to be a company that, um, tried to edit or control people's voices. That's not what we're about. So, no, um, well, I mean, I def- yeah, I,
2: def- I definitely appreciate the freedom that you give us, and and I mean, we we try to keep it PG thirteen
1: <laughs> <Well>, ish, <laughs> ish. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know, it's 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 our voices. I mean, I, I my listeners know this about me. I have changed over the seven years I've done my show, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've gone through me being depressed, me having realizations about things, me completely contradicting something I said on a show a year ago, six months ago, whatever, because that's what we do as human beings. We evolve, sometimes we devolve, and then we evolve again. Um, it's, it's about being a human being. So we're not here to be perfect. Uh, we're here to be human. And that's what all the shows are, are about, is that journey.
2: Well, th- we we definitely try to bring that in, and, and you're absolutely right. Like, if you would have talked to me a year into my recovery, I'm a, I'm about I'm over six years clean now from drugs and alcohol. If you would have talked to me a year into it, I would have had a completely different message than I do now. And like you just said, it's constant evolution. It's it's growth. I don't want to be the same person I was six years ago. If I am, I'm doing something wrong. So yeah. it, it's a constant in. I, I like to say that I'm constantly in process.
1: Yeah, no, what's the name of the show that you just did that I, I, I did listen to? I made a point of listening to it, um, and you just aired it. Um, oh, what's, part part what's one, title. I think, I think it's, uh, oh, man, uh,
2: maybe it's Walking in the Shadows. I, I, yes, I think it's in the Shadows. It. Part one, yeah. We're going to do at least, at least two, possibly three. I'd like to do three. We just, we, you know, we don't want to, we, we want to switch up the topics. Maybe we'll even come back and revisit it. We'll have you on as a guest about that.
1: Yeah, I would love to. I really would. I'd love to come on. I mean, I've been talking about this, my own journey with this. Um, I was, and listeners, you know this already, but uh, Joe may not. So I was molested from the time I was five until I was 12 by my biological father. and um, And I started, I mean, luckily, my mom put me into counseling and Um, you know, hence why I have this great love for the field of mental health, because therein came my healthy parenting was from these counselors. And, uh, you know, it's been an amazing journey. And I was someone who couldn't be quiet about it. I had even though I got this was not the time when when this happened to me in 1982, or that I told and I stopped seeing my father, that was not a time where you where it was okay to talk about sexual abuse by any stretch of the imagination. And I did it anyway. So, uh, and I've been talking about it forever, but what's amazing about the journey for me is um, I've had people say, Oh, you should stop talking about it. You know, you've, you've gone through it. And you know, if you cry about it, you haven't fully healed it and all these things that people like to tell you your journey is supposed to be about. And listeners, I'm telling you, it's all a bunch of bullshit. It's all a bunch of bullshit.
0: You can cry
1: about it at different times in your life, all you want. You can have something trigger you when you've been through all kinds of counseling, like I have, and then you turn a new age and something happens and then you got to process it again. It's the quote unquote gift that keeps on giving the rest of your life. And it is, it is something you can turn into a gift. If you, if you do something Um, to help others if you're of service around what you experienced but you're never going to get over it and you're never going to not cry about it sometimes and you know all of those things
2: absolutely for me I like to explain it as it comes in waves you know and and when you're Got a river sometimes you hit a rough patch and sometimes it's smooth and you don't know what that day is gonna bring and a perfect example of that real quick for me is I my mom she passed away in 2007 we had we had our song I actually I was married once for a minute back in 2005 and we danced to mm-hmm. the uh, Celine Dion because you loved me song well when mm-hmm. I hear that song on the radio depending on my mood I may smile I may cry I may want to turn it off. I may want to turn the volume up. It all has to do with what's going on at that moment in my life. So it's not like I hear that song and I'm instantly sad or I'm instantly happy. I go through different, you know,
1: different waves. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's, I mean, I I had this experience happen this morning with my own son. So yay. He was not Um, ever molested he did not have that happen to him and since that's something that has happened generation after generation after generation on both uh, both sides of my family line father and mother it's happened forever and it didn't happen to him so yay somebody you know stopped that um, from continuing which is fantastic But even my own son can't hear these things. They're difficult for him. And he wants to come and work for my company. He will be coming and working for the network. And it was interesting when I called him this morning and I said, hey, I just heard this show. These guys are freaking amazing. I want to do more with this. I want to do one of our mental health roundtables on sexual abuse. And Kellen, would you ever feel comfortable talking about you know, being in a family where you knew that your mother had experienced this and and that you didn't. And he immediately went, Nope, absolutely not. Nope. Don't want to discuss it any further. And I was like, I immediately went to shame
0: and I'm 49 and
1: I do this, but I get it. I get where he's coming from, but that's how muted and, and, amorphous this topic is it can be so difficult for people to you know to talk about
2: oh it's 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 like i said when it comes up it's rare that it ever comes up in a group setting it always comes up behind closed doors and there's always tears involved and there's shame and there's guilt. And I understand that. And I went through it and I think that's the beauty of what I do, Kristen, is when I talk to these individuals, I can actually feel where they are or close to. Yeah. And that's when yeah. I really decided, you know what? I, Cause I don't care what people think about me. I truly don't. And you know, I, I mean that. And if I have experienced something and I am not afraid to share it I'm going to because since I started this so many people have come up to me privately and said you know what that happened to me too thank you you know I can't believe you can say that out loud that happened to me as well so it's working you know and I'm only one voice it has to start somewhere
1: it does it it does and I've been that one voice forever I used to go to high schools when I was still a high school age person and I would do peer support groups about sexual abuse, and no one would talk. We'd all sit down in the room, all these high school kids and me, same age, and no one would open their mouth. And so I'd go, okay, this is what happened to me, blah, 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 blah. And I'd say it out, and then people would start talking. There would be a moment of them being embarrassed, cringing, I want to run out of the room, all these, all those things that you, you know, you go through when you hear that. And then they would open up and I was like, I am fine being that person that takes a lot of arrows. <laughs> uh, if it's going to get people to, you know, to talk.
2: Yes. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. Cause I, I saw a therapist for a while and um, the actually the
1: only reason I stopped seeing her was
2: because she unfortunately passed away and, and I loved her. Uh, Teresa just, I miss you um but she put it to me very well one time she said um she said well you have a daughter and i said yeah and she said well how would you think your daughter would fare against a, a grown up attacking her and i was like oh my god like terrible you know she wouldn't be able to defend herself mm-hmm. and she- why do you constantly beat yourself up for this? Something that happened in your past when you were a child. And I think that's the problem. I was looking in the mirror and I was saying, This happened to me, but I was seeing a man look back at me and I couldn't put myself in the mind frame of a five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old boy and i think that's the hardest part to you know for for an adult man to realize is this didn't happen to me as a man this happened to me as a child and if i could have right. stopped it I would have
1: yeah and i mean if you're being seduced if it's a predator to that level where they are um you know, using all kinds of manipulation tactics and gro- sexual grooming and all those things. There's a whole lot of other stuff that can that can come up with that. Where, my God, if you had a um, an orgasm or something while you were being molested, then you get to oh my God, and I enjoyed it. I'm horrible. There's just so many layers of of the dirt, the journey, and what people experience. It's it's so multifaceted that you can't. You can't just, you know, slap a black and white label on it.
2: No, you can't. And and my situation, you know, it wasn't so much fear or I I guess you could call it grooming to a sense because mine was more like this is to teach you how to be with women when you're older. Like this is what has Mm -hmm. to be done. So, in my head, I'm like, okay, because this was a family member, and I'm like, I'm, I'm supposed to listen to you, I'm supposed to trust you, you're supposed to show me how to be a man, yet this feels so horrible inside of me, but who am I gonna tell? Who's gonna believe me? If this is what I'm supposed to do, you know, because it wasn't something I said, hey, mom, you know, is, is this okay? Right. Or, or, hey, you know, Mike down the street, is this okay? You know, does, your, does, does this happen in your house? So I was very, very confused. And then once that becomes normal, then that, you know, once it becomes repetitive, it becomes normal, which is what becomes familiar to you. And that's that's where it starts playing with your head as you get older.
1: Absolutely. Well, something you said on your show, this first one that you did on this particular topic, you said... Not being able to get you've had a hard time with you know not being able to let go of things, so talk about what you meant when you said that.
2: Oh, god, um, I don't even know where to start with that one. I have a lot of examples <laughs> that you know, you know other people would I be resonated
1: happy. with it, which is why I which is why I asked give us give us just you know take take one slice of it.
2: All right, it's all right, I've always all right, just bear with me here. I've always been able to separate love from intimacy uh, and it's very difficult even at this age for me to be intimate with somebody who I'm truly in love with because of the separation. So when there is intimacy involved in the relationship, if any wrench gets thrown into the relationship at all, as far as trust, any any sexual issues, anything like that, it's almost like okay, this is done. I can't rebound from this. Like, it's almost like everything needs to be perfect, you know, which is impossible, but everything needs to be perfect in my eyes, you know, or else it instantly triggers. I hate the word triggers. It instantly reminds me of, of a darker time for me. And I just, I can't, I don't, I want to, I just don't have the ability to forgive or let things go. And they end up eating away at me. I don't know if that was a good way to explain.
1: Yeah, it does. So let me, let's dig into that a little bit more. So even things like, let's say somebody not related to sexual abuse uh, seeming, I mean, everything relates back to that because that is a core massive wound that we, you know, we heal and work on our healing around our entire freaking lives. But what about something that happens with somebody and it's not sexual, it's not you know, they betray you in some way. Once, Do you also have a hard time like letting go of those things too? Oh,
2: it's, it's near impossible. It's, well, I think <laughs> because, <laughs> because of the trust issue and, you know, once the trust is gone, it's unfortunately gone. And then what happens is my mind creates scenarios around why it's gone. And, um, I can't, I just can't rebound from it. And I think that I think, well, I know it stems from wanting to trust the person who molested me as a child, you know, thinking I was trusting him. And then, you know, as I got older, realizing how horrible it was, um, I just, I don't know. Um, I don't know. You kind of caught me off guard with that one, to be honest. I mm-hmm. mean, that's
1: okay. Hey, hey, it's a process. I mean, that's I, the- I, it caught me off guard because I, I heard what you said and I went, Oh, because what made me think about it was, you know, we had this uh, tremendous experience filming this series that we're doing that now everybody wants us to do a round table for them, which is phenomenal. Um mm-hmm. And, some things didn't go right behind the scenes. Um, not none of that's on film, of course. And there's always drama. We're human beings, right? Sure. So there was some stuff that wasn't cool, and um, and we dealt with it. Nobody knew the uh, the part of the you know production um, knew what was going on because we're freaking professionals, and we kept it you know from. From in you know having a negative impact on that magical experience of and, and the safety of the project, but I am just pissed about you know a couple of things that went down and some of the other people that working with me on the project that have not experienced sexual abuse, they've had plenty of other things happen, but they haven't had that are like, Oh, we've forgotten about it already. And I'm still pissed <laughs> and, yeah. and I, I will let it go. And I've talked about it with my cancer, my counselor and so on. And I, um, and I thought, Ooh, it was interesting to hear my friend who is like, Oh, I've moved on from that. I don't even think about it anymore. Cause we've got such great things going on. I don't have time. And I thought, when I heard you say that, I thought, oh, that might be, there might be a tie there to what happened in my life and my inability or that it takes me longer than other people to just truly move on from crappy things. I,
2: I think that's an individual thing. I really do. And, and I understand what you're saying because I experienced that too. Like, why can't you just move on? Why can't you just get over <laughs> this? I have, why can't, <laughs> Too. And it's like, it's not a competition, you know, actually one, one things yeah. I all, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, I was just laughing at saying, Uh-oh. yes, I get it. I get it. I get what you're saying. Totally. Keep going though. One of the
2: things I always say in group is uh, it's a little, and I engage with the group and I say, who in here has lost a parent? And, you know, normally everybody raises their hand and I say, okay, well, I lost a parent. I said, so we have that in common. I said, but I have no idea what your relationship was with your parents, just like you have no idea what my relationship was with mine. So I can't tell you you're grieving wrong because you're doing it different than me, nor can you say the same thing to me. And that's part of that individual process where there is no rule book, there's no template, there's no blueprint to that. And and I think people get so caught up in this is the way I did things, so it has to work for you instead of sitting Mm -hmm. back and Listening to the other person and being supportive instead of trying to shove something down their throat, which is clearly not the way, not the approach that should be taken.
1: So this is why I'm not a counselor and why I never will be one, because I have, I really do have this and this is something I, I work on actively because I know this is not an attractive quality. It's something that it's an Achilles heel or it has been an Achilles heel for me and I want to evolve from it. But and also why I would never be an actual counselor, because I'm like, listen, I've been through so much crap and I've and I do the work. I go to therapy. I go to I'll do anything. I'll interview people from all over the world to talk about mental health. You know, I'll do all this stuff. So if you come to me and you are still having the same problem for three years, I'm going to say, my God, and you won't go to counseling. I'm going to be irritated with you and be like, "What is your problem?" Well, that doesn't make for a good counselor.
2: <laughs> well, it, it's funny. <laughs> no, it doesn't actually. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a really short story here, because um, this actually it it changed the way I view life. When I got out of treatment, I was in rec- I was in um, I was in rehab for 44 days, and when I got out of rehab, I had to go to IOP. Okay, the intense outpatient therapy. So I went to IOP, and as you can tell, I'm pretty—I'm a pretty talkative guy. So my counselor, his name was Andreas. He let me run groups. Well, after group one day, I kind of had your approach, like, well, what are, why is this not working for you? Well, you know, and I was pointing things out, and I'm only like 60 days clean at this time. So after yeah. group, he talked to me, and he's like, you know, you're really passionate about recovery, and I'm like, yes, I am. And he's like, well, you know, you sound like an asshole, and I was like, <gasps> like. How- you like i i'm i know what i'm doing he's like joe he's like what's your favorite football team and at the time i you know i don't really watch football anymore but it was the 49ers and he said okay my favorite football team is the eagles he said let's go in this room you can bring all the stats all the videos all the hall of fame stats he said and let's talk for one hour about who the better team is he said are you then going to leave after an hour and be an Eagles fan I said no absolutely not he said well I'm sure as hell not going to leave a 49ers fan he said so what did we just do rather than waste each other's time and change our opinion of one another he said and that's where the whole individual process came out to me where all I can do all I can do is do me at the end of the day, if I'm clean, the way I get clean, how I live my life, it's, it's on me. And all I can do is prove to people and show people that you can get clean. You just have to find your journey. So that's my little story
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's true, and then I have been so patient and I've been overly patient um, with people, even though you know I realize now, well, who cares, Kristen, your patience isn't the freaking you know poo on high here, you know, get over <laughs> yourself but but you know I mean there's I'm constantly humbling uh myself with the, you know, you sound like a, a jerk or you're not patient enough or whatever. And sometimes I am extraordinarily patient, but there are certain things where, you know, if someone is being psychologically abusive or if they're behaving in a predatory way um, towards people, sexualizing them or whatever, you know, like we all have our little hot button thing.
2: Sure. Oh, absolutely. And,
1: and I'm like, okay. Or anybody that is, you know, a manipulator and doing it for, um, you know, purposely manipulating people in order to get what they want for them and no care whatsoever, the fallout and damage that they're causing other people with their manipulation. Um, Those kind of things. I'm like, I'm done. You're out, go away. And also have to say, but they have a story too. Like, why did they become that way? why do they live like that
2: you know it that is very wow you just really brought something up um my abuser okay for years i had my opinion and hatred and confusion but then i actually once i got clean and once i really started to learn about myself and what happened i looked back at this individual's childhood and that's when i really was like wow okay You know, no, that doesn't justify it, but like he went through some shit himself and I think it, uh, and and this is where it gets hard trying to find the words like, do I forgive? Do I, like, I just, let me just say that I don't, I don't hold as much resentment as I once did. If that's, if that's, uh, I think that's the best way for me to say it because I was able to look past and, 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 and see that childhood.
1: Right. Right. Oh, I know. I know my father was treated horribly. I know there's no way that what he was infected with, um, and he unfortunately chose the road of being an abuser himself. Um, there's no way that he wasn't shown how to be that. Um, I mean, I was shown how to be an abuser and I remember very clearly telling myself, you are not going in that direction. Mm -mm -mm. Nope. You're going to go the other direction.
2: That's where that whole word choice comes in, which is very taboo in the field of recovery. But I will say that um, I had a choice as you did. I learned one way to live. I learned one way, you know, how to be a parent. And when I had my child, I thought there is absolutely no way this beautiful little girl is ever going to experience anything that I have experienced in my life. So you have a choice. You can either continue that learned behavior, or in my case, I gave my daughter everything that I did not have as a child.
1: Yeah, and then there's the whole thing around, okay, I also know I don't, didn't want to coddle my child either i wanted him to fall and fall and fall again because i know that that is the grit and the muck that you know creates you into the best version of yourself that you can always rise up to those really crappy things that happen but he didn't need to be molested and no. he wasn't thank god but i was always open to if he comes to me and says that that, that happened to him on, you know, my watch, so to speak, I would be like, I'm here for you. I'm here. Well, how did it happen? You know, well, who do I need to kill? No, I'm kidding. But you know what, <laughs> but you know, how, you know, I'll be there for you. I'm glad that it didn't. But when I say it didn't happen in my generation, I don't say that from, you know, sitting on Mount high, it didn't happen in my generation. I don't mean it like that. No, I mean yeah. it like, I'm grateful that it didn't. I'm grateful that, you know, when he has kids if he ever does that'll be another generation removed from the the abuse and they won't even hopefully know it but but i also know people who didn't grow up with that kind of a background and it was a teacher at a school or it was a whatever that happened to their kid and there's no way they could have protected their child it happened when their child was out of their reach so it happens in all kinds of interesting ways and you have to learn how to not be judgmental about that or that you're the worst parent on the world because you know it happened to your kid um you know
2: oh and that that's another reason why i decided to open up about it because like you said it happens so frequently and it is reported so infrequently that I just said, you know what? I'm I'm loud, I'm obnoxious, I'm controversial. You know, I say whatever's on my mind, so I'm just gonna say it. And um, I really hope that it, uh, if nothing else, Kristen, it it shows people I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not a freak. It, it, you know, I can get on with my life. Like it, it happened to Joe and. Joe's doing okay right now, and he talks about it, and he's open about it, and maybe I should do that. And maybe if they do that, maybe it'll help distance them from what actually happened and give them the opportunity to not forget about it, but at least put it in the rearview mirror enough to where they can go forward.
1: Right, exactly. I got to say this. I am loving my life and myself so much. And and in a healthy way, not in a narcissistic way, but just so happy. And it's taken me so long to get to this place where I love waking up every day. And just life is an amazing, beautiful thing that I really get it. That all the things I went through, I can't hate those things because they're a, an, an integral part of who I am, this person that I have profound love for.
2: Absolutely. And, and that's why I think we need to stop beating ourselves up about the past. Like I used drugs and alcohol for 22 years. I missed six years of my daughter's life. So you know what? When I see a rainbow outside, I stop, I take a picture mm-hmm. of it. I appreciate things on a different level today. I try not to focus on the time that I have lost. There is nothing I can do about it. I, I wish exactly. there was a I wish there was a rewind button, but there isn't. All I can do is focus on what I have in front of me today, and I will be damned if I am going to let the past drag me backwards anymore.
1: That's how I feel too. I've had people say, you know, how you, you must not sleep, you know, and I know that they're meaning that as a compliment, or maybe sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's a dig, whatever, at all the stuff that I do, and you have you know you have this network and you do this and you do that when are you ever getting any sleep do you have a life you know blah 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 you know you need to slow down and i'm like listen i get it if you're if you're digging at me screw you and go go to counseling cuz you need to work on that stuff you're messy you're bleeding but if you're not digging at me and you're just saying that because you're concerned that I'm overworking or whatever, don't worry about me focus on you because I'm happy and I want to do all this stuff. There's no, there aren't enough hours for me to be able to do all the stuff I want to do. And I'm grateful to do it. What would I be doing otherwise? Like sitting around eating lollipops? No, that's not me.
2: No, that definitely does not seem like you at all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I do think it's important to take time uh, for myself, um, but time for myself today is different. It's it's going to the gym. It's going on a run. It's it's going for a drive with a destination. Like it's just, it, it's taking that time to relax and do. I do a lot of reflecting now, and um, I live my life three days at a time now. You know, I I remember mm. what happened yesterday because that prepared me for today. So today I better pay attention because it's going to prepare me for tomorrow. And if I don't like something I did yesterday, I try really, really hard. Not saying I'm all, I am all—I always do it, but I really try not to repeat it, or at least I'm more aware of it.
1: How do you feel, this is a big one, a big drop in your lap too, how do you feel about Relationships, those intimate relationships. Do you feel like if you're not in one, you're somehow missing out or less of a person, or you know the societal thing around? Well, you should be constantly dating. You're not really living a life if you're not partnered. Like, how do you feel about all that muck that is floating around in our society?
2: I, th- I think um, I-, I think that changes time to time for me. I um. I used, to be, I used to be afraid of being alone. Um, it, it used to scare me to death because I think when I was alone, I felt like, like you just said, like, wow, like I'm, I'm no good. Like nobody wants me. Like I'm a, I'm a loser. I, but now, you know, I, I occupy my time. I enjoy my alone time with my thoughts. And I think a lot of that has to do with, like you said earlier, I like who I am today. You know, I can have nothing to do and find something to do, as when I was using drugs and alcohol and I had nothing to do, I couldn't do anything because I didn't want to do anything. Um, I, I think, soci- I, I think society is a, a big part of the problem today, I feel, because we're constantly living up to, you know, the standards that they set, and it's, it's, it's very unobtainable for a lot of us. So I, I think, to, to answer your question, there are some days where I want company, and there are some days when i'm i'm just really happy looking around my house and being like wow like this is who i am and i'm proud of myself today and that's something i could never say years ago
1: right well do you ever think okay um it's a good journey for me to think about working through those intimacy um, issues because of, you know, what's happened to you by being in a partnered relationship again? Like, do you look at that like that's something you strive towards? Or are you kind of like, well, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. It's um, not, it's no reflection on me either way.
2: Um, uh, ooh, wow. Yeah. You caught me on that one too. Um, <laughs> I
1: knew I would.
2: <laughs> you know, um, I recently within the last, you know, year and a half, I, I just, ended probably the best relationship I I ever had in my life. I could ever hope to have um, like literally made for one another because of issues that happened years ago that I was unable to get over. Um, I work on it daily, but a lot of times I'll be honest, I'm kind of in the mindset where I need to protect other people from me. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to hurt anybody else. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's um, I don't know what the future holds. I, I really don't. Yeah. I know I want to be happy, but I know that happiness comes from within me. I can't put that on anybody else because if I put my happiness in somebody else's hands, that means somewhere down the line I'm going to allow somebody to create misery inside of me as well. So I will, know, I will never again empower anybody to provide happiness from me or to discourage me in life. So that that all comes from me now.
1: Yeah, and that's that's really good. I think I'm at this, I know the place I'm at. I no longer am concerned that I will um, hurt someone that I get uh, intimate with in that particular way. And for a long time, I thought that it would end up me being hurt or me hurting them and i'm over that oh does that mean i'm out there looking or nope not at all i'm living my life it's very 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 full um if i'm a monk for the rest of my life so be it i will be joy a joyous happy monk but if i am not then that's great too but thank god that fear of I'm going to hurt them or they're going to hurt me. That's not part of my experience anymore.
2: Right. Well, right, right now my title is dad and I'm very happy. (laughs) I'm very happy with that.
1: So, yeah, it's it's a great thing to be free of that pressure to be with another person. It's really freeing to get rid of that, to not have that walk with you on your journey in life. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, I had so little self-esteem that I didn't think I could live alone. I, I was afraid of everything. I was afraid of doing the laundry. I was afraid of paying mm-hmm. bills. And then, you know, like anything else, once you start doing these things, you know. It, Magically,
1: it's, you can go, wow, I can do them.
2: It's crazy. Like, I'm actually doing this adult thing. And I'm very honest about it. I was a 36-year-old child. Like, I didn't get clean from drugs and alcohol until I was 36. And I, that's how I refer to myself. I was a 36-year-old child. And I had to learn how to live. And you know what? I wanted it. And and I wanted my life back. And, you know, thankfully I got there it. There you
1: are. Yep. Well, I'm excited um, about this discussion that you're having. It's very brave. I know, you know, people say that in the sort of a throwaway statement, but it's brave for anyone to talk about these kinds of things. It's brave for men to talk about it, it's brave for women to talk about it. So I'm really um, honored that you are so willing to talk about this. I'm excited that we will do a roundtable that is just about this particular topic. Cause obviously it's near and dear to me and um, tell our listeners, my listeners in particular, where they can hear you guys and hear your show.
2: We are on your network and we are the all in recovery with Mike and Joe podcast.com. Um, um, it's, uh, Mike is my best friend in this field. He's, he's, he's my business partner. Um, Mike and I talk daily. So it's, um, it's, uh, it's very exciting and it's definitely a gift of my recovery to be able to do it with my best friend.
1: Mm, I love it. So listeners go to all in And of course, please check out, mentalhealthroundtable.com, that has become something that none of us had any idea it was going to become, and it's so exciting. So please keep tabs on it. We're releasing our teaser trailer today. Um, And uh, Joe, thanks so much. I'm so glad that uh, we're friends, or we at least have somewhat of a friendship started, that I know you in the work field, and um, I'm really glad that you're on my network.
2: Oh, thank you for having us. And it has been an absolute honor. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to fly out there one day and we're gonna get lunch.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Or I'll come up there because I got to visit you, Steven, Mike, Joe Fusaro. Uh, there's so many people on the network that are up in your guys's area. So I just got to go like stay up there for like a week and visit everybody. <laughs> there you go. That sounds
2: good but thank you again for having me. I really
1: appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And we will catch you next time on Mental Health News Radio.
0: I know, I know, no one likes commercials. But seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to ZenCharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous. And they're just good people. And also MyGenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, Copenotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health be surprised when i don't hate on you girl. after all we promised we'd be cordial sometimes in oh, you i, I can't can
1: fight find
2: fight it. It. good boy